Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We've got Kellen McGugan and Bo Brady in the house. We were lucky enough to get both of them. What up, fellas? What is up, Harold? Hello. Straight to the intros. I like it. I know. Good to be back on the show. We're not fucking around, Bo. <laughs> super, that was clean. Super good to be here with my radio co-host, Kellen, of eight plus years. Hello. I know you guys have been doing that show for a while. I didn't a realize minute. that. Oh, for a minute. yeah, for a hot minute. Actually, uh... <laughs> I got accepted to sword school, so Bo did it on his own for a while. That's true. Uh, uh, but I graduated right. and came back, so now. In katanas. Yeah, graduated with a master's in katanas, so now we're back. <laughs> Your yeah. welcome is back. Gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. Yeah. On the spy, on KOSU, Fridays yeah. at 9 o'clock. It is the world's <laughs> only all-vinyl radio show. That's the plug. Yeah. Fucking A. You guys got that down to a science. <laughs> Eight years will do that. It's I was gonna say, a dab will do ya. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to have you guys back on to talk about the new Abnormal, the the uh, the newest Strokes record. Mm, first uh, in seven years. I know, man. Um, the Strokes kind of have a, you guys have a history with the Strokes at your show, stuff like that, right? You guys are both big fans. Oh, super big fans. And we did our Strokes episode, I think it was like episode 41, 42, somewhere in that realm. It was right after Angles. we moved to KOSU. I'm surprised it took that long. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's see. Angles came out in 2012, right? 2012, yeah. 2013. Or I 2011. Was, I was come in college when it came out. I come Down Machine was 2013. I think it was 2011, actually. Yeah. So it took us, but we hadn't started the show yet. So by the time we, we had just gotten on KOSU, because the spy was online when we first started. Yes. And so it was probably like only our 10th episode on KOSU. Yep. Had and to I'm, clean up our language. Yeah. Yeah, it was Man. it was a clean I cut. Couldn't do it. But I remember <laughs> I remember really being proud about that episode because yeah, the strokes are just so core to Kellen and I. But we had our good friend Adam on the show and my sister Jessica and just having the four of us in the room just like reminiscing about the strokes just felt so right. And I'm excited to do it again. Yeah. Well, what was just as a little bit of background, you know, further than that. Yeah. Um what's each of you guys like intro to the strokes you remember the first song slash Ke- album you got kellen into? kellen has a probably better origin story than me i have a great origin story <laughs> for this so every anime character every great anime character has a good origin story and that's this is my origin story <laughs> uh so my origin story with the strokes i was in high school i was at a party um i was staying at uh the house where the party was at so you know drinking responsibly underage of course um uh, and I'm sitting in front of the television. I think everybody else is outside on the patio, and it's like 1 in the morning. I've got MTV on, and the video for last night queues up. And I'm sitting there, you know, half drunk, 1 a.m., and this video completely blows me away. I'd never heard anything like it before in my entire life. The next day, I am immediately going, buying the CD, because uh, this is in like 02, so it had been out for a little bit. Um and I go by the CD, I'm immediately, like, I was taken aback by, like, their fashion, so it's like I'm getting, like, my old jean jacket out with, like, you know, like, cool jeans and, like, uh, like Converse. I already had the Afro, so that I had that going, and just, like, I just wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be, like, a part of that band. Like, my first Zanga name was The Sixth Stroke. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, People either thought you are a fan or that you had a lot of health problems. Exactly. And, I mean, it was it was a thing where I was just ritualistically obsessed with uh, Is This It? To the point to where right. every day for my senior year of high school, when I would go to bed, I would get my compact disc player with like in bed and put on that record and listen to it like two times front to back with my headphones on at full blast. God dang. Yeah. I was obsessed. That's your shit. Yeah. And uh, it came to the time where the Strokes were opening, uh, or the Strokes were playing at Coca-Cola. I believe it was in November 2002. Got tickets for my birthday. I was supposed to go with my best friend, Austin Dale. Dude gets fucking T-boned on the driver's side in Yukon. Like, the car that hit him had to be going, like, probably 50, 60 miles an hour. Um, So put him in the hospital. We were going to go together. I didn't want to go without him, so gave my tickets away. What a bro. That sucked. That's a bro move, though. Yeah. Have you seen him before at all? Yes. Okay, so you've seen uh, him since. I saw him on the Wicked Scepter tour, uh, March 2004. Yep. The Room on Fire tour. Uh, and then I also saw them at Kane's for First Impressions of Earth. Oh, you were at oh, that shit. show? Yeah, I was at that show. Oh, damn. That would have been a great show to go to when they're touring that album right and then uh bo and i uh saw julian at coachella in 2014 oh the phrases for the young or what no, no it was off tier it was right when they were about tyranny. to drop tyranny yeah so oh, okay it, it was billed as julian but then like they added julian and the voids but nobody really knew what the voids were yet wow right. it's a name i haven't heard in a long time and it was <laughs> so Loud. It was really loud. It, it was, was too loud. It was one of our first shows of the day too. So we were like, okay, we're really, uh, we're really getting to it. <laughs> our shit's blown out. <laughs> yeah, now. dude. Yeah. Oh, it first was, thing. It was very rough. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. So that's my origin that's story. Legit, man. For the Strokes. Uh, what about you, Buzz? Like different it's, album, different oh, it's, era, it's just or what? Not even anywhere close to as good as that. <laughs> it's. Um, <laughs> I have an older sister, and at the time, around two thousand one. Uh, she, I mean, I guess I, I can't remember the exact timeline, but she was into the strokes. She liked last night. So therefore I hated it. I just hated as a de facto. Yeah. As just a rebellious high schooler that loved his new metal and mud vein. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. She liked last night. So I hated it. And then at some point I just through Napster, I think I downloaded a few songs from, is this it? I think it was like someday hard to explain. And probably last night, but it may have been a different one as well. And I listened to the, just those three songs in a Winamp playlist uh, while playing EverQuest. And eventually I was like, okay, Hard to Explain is very, very good. Yeah. And so, yeah, Hard to Explain is like embedded in my DNA just from like listening to it over and over. Because, yeah, back in high school, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't get to go out and buy too many CDs. And if I were, they were Tool and Metallica CDs still. I hadn't made the full conversion into cool yet. <laughs> and um some people think that stuff's cool though <laughs> i know i i do but uh but yeah i never fully like enveloped into is this in room on fire in fact that show that uh kellen was mentioning that we went to it's the last time uh the strokes have played in oklahoma city was march 2004 damn and yep. uh, Means i would, do i bought tickets to that show and I remember when I bought them, I was like, I should just probably buy. It wasn't like, oh, dude, I can't wait to see the Strokes. I was like, the Strokes are coming to town. I should probably buy tickets and go see them. It was like, I felt like just as an up and coming music fan, I should probably be there. And then, Good call. Um, so I just bought two tickets and I was like, I'll go, I'll find somebody that wants to go. And uh, somebody uh, up in college found out somebody's girlfriend 
was like, hey, my girlfriends and I were on spring break and we ran into the strokes at the airport. What the fuck? And they were like, one of my girlfriends recognized him was like, hey, what's up? And they're they're like, we're from Oklahoma City. And they're like, well, we're going to be there soon. We'll put you on the list. Holy shit. Yeah. So she was like, yeah, I just need a ticket to get there, but we're on the list. And so I was like, well, you can use my extra ticket. So I got to watch that whole show from the sound booth. That's amazing. Next to the lighting guy. And that was holy a, shit. That was a pretty cool thing to totally do. Totally blew your on. story out of the water. Before. Dude, right? <laughs> my no, no, this, is, this is way better. This is like, yeah, I was in the sound booth. Yeah, I got like a t shirt autographed. I didn't get to meet him, but I got something autographed, which I just gave to my sister because I knew she was a bigger fan. But this dude has a way better story. Uh I bought my ticket. One single uh, ticket. I was a freshman in college. I bought the ticket at the Homeland uh, over by Plaza District. As you do. Because uh, they had like a box office thing there. I bought uh, mine at the Edmund Homeland. <laughs> got it. The day it went on sale, showed up the day of the concert, 9 a.m., sat out there. I was the first person, sat out there <laughs> by myself until the doors opened, front row center, sang along to every word at the end of the show uh, after... Um, the encore, Nick Valenci reaches down, rips his tuner pedal off his pedal board, and gives it to me. Holy shit! So I give it to my buddy, who you know got hit by uh, the car. Right, right. He went. Uh, he was going to uh, a school in Louisiana at the time. So I grabbed it. Uh, I gave him that pedal because uh, he he was going to Tulane, I think. Uh, and then he. <laughs> he uh, Lost it in Hurricane Katrina. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> but then he actually ended up moving uh, and going to OSU for a while, so that was cool. What a bummer, yeah. dude. That's yeah. a master class in storytelling. I, say, <laughs> I, I told you, Harold. Really took us Kelly on a ride has there. a way better origin story than I, I do. Dude, I can remember, like, down to the detail, like, every piece of clothing I was wearing. Like, I remember, like, the first song they played was Barely Legal. Wow. Oh, man. Made eye contact with Albert Hammond Jr., like, at the end of Barely Legal. And I was just like screaming my head off, and he was just like nodding and just going, "Yeah, He's like yeah, brother." Yeah. Fro, yeah. His fro was shaking <laughs> yeah. back and forth, and my fro was shaking back and forth. <laughs> it was like our fros were communicating. Fro bros, yeah, for yeah. sure. I we're as uh, as a side note, we were just I can't remember when it was. I was a little while back. I was watching a movie at my cousin's house, and a song came on, and it's an older song. He's like forty seven, fifty ish, like around that around that age. And he's like, oh, I love that song. He's like, I don't even know who it's by. So he looked it up. He's like, oh, this is by Albert Albert Hammond. Oh. I was like, oh shit, his son must be the That's guy cool. from The Strokes. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I didn't. I guess I didn't know his dad was a musician. Oh yeah, yeah Albert I, Hammond Senior for sure. Yeah, and that kind of runs in tune. It wasn't. He was like a. Was he? Was he like a? He was like a uh, like a Mexican like pop like guitar or like a pop dude, right? Yeah, I think Something he did like. like uh, he was like a composer too. I think. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I'm getting sidetracked. For sure. I yeah, saw a couple, a few years ago, Albert Hammond Jr. played a set down at, in Norman mm. that I wasn't able to catch. But I was at just Opolis. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, at Opolis. Yeah, yeah he's, he's had an attempted solo career. I think it's been mildly successful. but His last one was good. Wasn't bad. But I liked it. We all tune into the strokes to hear Julian, right. in my opinion. Yeah, that's <laughs> tough to get out of that shadow. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of lore behind the strokes. There's still a lot of stuff that I'm looking for personally that I haven't found yet, but I will. I know one day I'll come <laughs> upon it. It'll be glorious. I uh, The first time I heard them, I was in high school. I'd never, I don't think, 
I'd never really heard of him or anything. And then this guy that was I was friends with, he was a it was so bizarre. He was like a very like straight laced like Church of Christ kid, and would like listen to like all these Christian bands like Skillet and all that. <laughs> but he randomly was like a huge Skillet. fan of The Strokes. Really, and so he had like these. He's like. He's like, oh, you got to listen to these guys. He had, like, incredible taste in music besides that, the Christian band bullshit. Sure. But he uh, he was like, yeah, check this album out. It was, it's, he's like, it's called Room on Fire. I was like, all right, cool. And then I listened to it. I was just like, man, this fucking rules. Like, yeah. yeah. This is tight. And so I'd never heard them, but then became aware of them at Room on Fire. And then subsequently have listened to everything, like, uh, since then, you know, like, just checking out their catalog and whatnot. I've always been a fan of them. Um, but never like dug in deep to like the roots and like backstory on everything and stuff yeah. like that. But it's always very like very much a fan of them. Um, kind of like you were saying, I like their style. Um, we talked about the comparisons between them and Kings of Leon too, and I think I've always gravitated towards them because I was such a big fan of Kings of Leon as well. Yeah, I and they went on tour together. That would have been a fucking insane tour to catch. That man, yeah, that's uh, that would have been a special one to catch. But uh, the Strokes just. When when they came on the scene, they just defined cool. That was it, you know? It was this level of cool that had been extinct for maybe a generation. And the fact that, you know, they brought it back with this for, you know, what it's worth, a completely new sound that revived rock and roll uh, for the time being. You know, it has since died, but... Uh, the level at which they revived rock and roll. I mean, that's a they're a once in a they're a once in a generation band. Yeah, I mean, to the point that people kind of wonder who's going to be the next Strokes. You know, uh, I I feel like before the Strokes, um, it was Nirvana that just kind of like revitalized rock and roll music. Yeah, and um, and of course with Kurt passing away in 94 uh, yeah there was about a six seven year lull of uncoolness in america <laughs> and uh yeah it, it really was a breath of fresh air and of course um what there uh, there's that book meet me in the bathroom which i gave to kellen i have it and um it's it talks about how new york really wasn't a popular scene and so the idea of the strokes being out of new york that's what makes it even more impressive because there weren't cool bands coming out of new york at the time and the Strokes were, like, the first. And then, like, I wore my old Interpol shirt because after the Strokes, I mean, like, I could name you 10 hot bands out of New York, like, post 9-11, just off the top of my head so quick. Yep. Because it was, it, like, it, they started a wave. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned Kings of Leon. I think in that book, I must have read it, where I think when the bassists, uh, or the, the bassist of Kings of Leon said the first song he learned on bass was Is This It. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. He was like, that was the first baseline I learned. They must be fans of each other because um, in the Kings of Leon book that I read, they talk about um, Nathan, the drummer from uh, Kings of Leon, going golfing with Albert Hammond Jr. And, like, they're just fucking acting a fool at these country clothes. Like, Sounds about they're right. They're just, like, good old boys going golfing and, like, you know, muscle tees and shorts. Albert. At, like, some of the nicest country clubs over in Europe when they're on tour together. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. That's oh. fantastic. Albert Hammond Jr. seems like a very cool dude. Yeah. Yeah, the, there was a big Europe connection, which with, like, Kings of Leon and the Strokes, it's that England was picking up on it faster than uh, America was. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of these bands had to 
constantly go over to England to play these big sold out shows. Cause like that's who was like, had their fingers on the pulse. And so, yeah, they mentioned that there was this one hotel that everybody stayed in and on any given night, like members of Interpol, Kings of Leon, the Strokes would like all be down in this like That's crummy insane. bar. Could you imagine? Like, drinking, yeah, trying to get in fights with each other or something, I think. You know how those Kings of Leon guys are. Oh, uh, yeah. They like Debaucherous motherfuckers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But all the same, uh, 20 years later, here we are still talking about them. And I think that's a testament to their lasting legacy and props to them for keeping the same lineup, even though I know it's been very difficult for them. <laughs> right. I don't even want to think about it. They're just perfect in my world. That's yeah. it. They've never sinned in your world. Nope. Never. It's like Not the once. mom that thinks never. My son would never. No, exactly. That's how I feel about the strokes. That's exactly how I feel about the strokes. And uh, just they, they opened my world musically up to so much. I mean, it's like I have really I have the strokes to thank for my uh shaping my taste in music when i was young so alex turner said it best on the newest arctic monkeys record i just wanted to be one of the strokes now look at the mess you made me make yeah the sixth stroke <laughs> he was taking he was biting off of your style that's that's not just alex turner being biographical that was him just singing a very relatable lyric yeah yeah um well let's talk about the new abnormal how that kind of plays into this yeah. this you know this place that the strokes have built themselves to in our minds um whenever the first thing dropped it was was it at the door was it the music video at the door yes. at the door was the very first uh, song i remember thinking I'd, I'd text you guys about this and i was just like oh shit the strokes just put out my favorite anime of 2020 <laughs> yeah um but what was you guys' first like reaction to that were you like vibing with it were you just stoked to see like new strokes or were you super critical of it because you're such big fans what was the what was the take I think Kellen texted me immediately. <laughs> like, I, yeah. he, it, that's how I, like, you guys, I know you guys are such huge fans because you're the first person that I text. Yeah. Right. Kellen, I was like, oh, shit, did you see his new strokes? You were like, oh, what? Yeah. Like, I, was like, I think we were just both seeing it at the same time. I was we were, like, at freaking work, out. and it was, like, raining or something like that, and you were like, did you hear the new strokes track? And I was like, what the fuck? And immediately, <laughs> like, yeah. like, closed my browser tabs and, like, pulled up Stereo Gum to see if it was there. Uh, shout out to Stereo Gum. Props. Uh, but... Man, my first impression, I didn't like it. Wow. Yeah. You and I've heard that before. Didn't we listen to the song before we saw the video? Yes. That's right. We talked about yeah. that because it was the audio that dropped and then the music video came out later. Yes. After seeing the music video, I appreciated the song uh, 10 times uh, more than I had initially. Uh, I It just it helped it so much. It was like I was describing to you earlier. It was um, it, uh, the whole... Um, vibe that the video had was just like some sort of like late 80s or early 90s like oddball anime that wasn't appreciated in its time but was seen as a masterpiece later on. No, 100%. You know? Big Eon Flux vibes. Oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. Ooh. That's true. Good one. Damn, Bo. Okay, Bo. Um, but I, I'm on the internet. I'm talking <laughs> with the people. But I see you visited reddit.com. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Initially when I heard it though, initially when I heard it, um, it miffed me. I do remember you saying you didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, it miffed me because, a, I it's not that I don't like like keyboardy stroke songs because one of my favorite songs is "Still Ask Me Anything" off First Impressions of Earth, um, but just getting that from them after so long, uh, not counting Future Present Past EP, um, it was underrated. just underrated. Yeah, yeah, highly <laughs> underrated. Oh my god, um, very uh, very disappointing to me initially, but then. After sitting with it with a while, or for a while, I began to appreciate it more and more and more, and that seems to be a common theme with this whole record. Yeah. Well, the record just 
you know, they'd released, of course, the, the, the singles that they were leading off with, the music videos, stuff like that. But listening to the whole album, you still, there's still very much like the feel of like that, that room on fire era type strokes, the, the guitars playing off of each other and shit like that, that I was like a big fan of. I was just like, oh, okay, this is cool. But there's yeah. definitely a bunch of synth type stuff that I was like, like, this isn't bad, but. Very phrases of the young. Hashtag not my strokes. Right. Dude, I said, <laughs> I made a note like on the notes when we go through the song, with through the track list. I made a note specifically on a song that said phrases of the young vibes. That's, uh, man, honestly, sometimes I see that record as the Strokes record that Julian always wanted to make. <laughs> uh, That's and fair. Funny enough, I actually found that record. Uh, I, I own it on vinyl, and that is because I found it at the Hastings in Stillwater. My God. For yeah, $18. Good luck. That'll do. That. First pressing. <laughs> Rest in peace, Total Hastings. First pressing, man. That thing yeah. is straight out of 2009. Yep. Jesus. And yeah, I will say on say the yeah, whole, but what was your first impressions on on at the door Not of Earth uh, of Earth on at the door? Um, <laughs> I'm used to artists confounding people when they like come back after long stretches. Um, I guess ever since like the surprise album drop was invented, you know, just like wait a second, this isn't how you're supposed to release an album. You're supposed to tell us in a, in advance and give us some singles, not just drop the whole thing. So when they dropped that at the door and I listened to it and I was like, okay, this isn't your typical stroke song. I was like, I get it there. Especially after come down machine had a good portion of that album being low key strokes as I like to refer to it. And I was like, oh, it's low key strokes. And clearly they have what we would consider your typical stroke song on the album, but they as artists wanted to share this song first, just to kind of prep us that, this album isn't going to be like a straightforward room on fire barn burner right? or uh, first impressions like top to bottom, just rip, 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 ask me anything, rip, 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 rip. <laughs> and, uh, and so I heard, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm sure, uh, I think they released the track listing as well. And I saw it was like track six. I was like, you know what? It probably kicks off the B side. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be, you know, a kind of back half album song. So I respect it for what it is. And then, but, you know, just some people kind of get the headspace of like, this is the first single from the new strokes. I was like, <laughs> no, it's not like the single. It's just the, the first, first song taste. they wanted you to hear. This is the first. Taste. And yeah, it's like like Flying Lotus did it uh, a year. Like the first track you released from his new album was like a spoken word bit with David Lynch. And people were like, this is a terrible first song. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's like an introduction. It's an introduction to the theme of the album the actual singles coming soon <laughs> i kind of like that though whenever it's the first couple songs that they put out you're like eh. and then you listen to the whole album and you're like no this is actually pretty good like i've had a i've had that happen a couple times it's good to subvert the expectations early and then uh and then you know work your way but when i saw the video i was like totally blown this away shit was awesome i was like bro i was because all of a sudden the lyrics were making more sense to me because i was like seeing I feel like even though it's a very conceptual video, there's like four different timelines going on. Uh, it, it takes a very literal approach and just right. the whole tone of the video matches the tone of the song. And then it just helped me understand it a lot better. It's funny to think about how when the, uh, the Strokes were putting out their first and second and even third record, um, them leading the album, the charge for this album with that song, that wouldn't fucking fly. 
one hundred percent. But no <laughs> this one. This is just a different time. Yeah, exactly, a different time, and they're on Cult Records, which is Julian's label. Right. So. They're finally off their five. Oh, so album they just RCA do whatever contract. they want to do. Now. Right. Exactly. So right. they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, because that's the other thing that sometimes gets forgotten is that the Strokes were so big when they came on. RCA signed them for a five album deal, which is apparently unheard of and caused most of the stress with the band. Fuck. Which they didn't wrap up till Come Down Machine with in twenty thirteen with its hilarious album cover of just like looking like an RCA sleeve, which Apt is title. Very good stuff. But, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, the fact that this is their first full length off RCA, like on their own, they they have the freedom to kind of push what they want. Um, yeah, for them to like fly out the gates with that. It's definitely a twenty years down the road stroke song. Right. Um well next as far as like the very next thing that I saw was Bad Decisions. Um, the way that I play that at work, I listened to it all the way through, and I knew nobody else really followed, like, the strokes that I work with, like, right. super close. And I uh, took or I put the took my headphones out. I was like, hey, did you guys hear the new Blink song? And played that intro. And they were like, oh, uh, shit, yeah, this is classic Blink. I was like, this is the Strokes, motherfucker. They were like, what? Eat a big bag of shit. Dude, I fooled them, though. Yeah? They literally thought it was Blink. Wow. That's funny. But I was just like, this is so, I don't know, just that intro riff. But then when they get into it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is the Strokes. I thought it was What was you guys' order? impression? Yeah, we yeah we both immediately were like, this is a New Order song. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah? Like, maybe three seconds in. I think Ryan also had posted, like, this, this sounds like Blink. I was like, see? Oh. That sounded like it would have been right at home on Power Corruption and Lies. For sure. <laughs> I uh, So because At the Door was like so confounding, um, the Strokes soon, like I was like, there has to be a song on this album that's classic Strokes. And normally I wouldn't like look for live videos of a band, perf- like, you know, band performs new song oh, live. Right, yeah. I'm like, I don't want my first introduction to a song to be some like crummy cell phone recorded footage. But because it's the Strokes and because their first song they released was so, like, off the wall, they did that Bernie Sanders rally in New Hampshire. Right. And they're like, they premiered new songs. I was like, okay, I'm going to go hunting. I'm going to go find what that Strokes song is. So, I like, I clicked through and I was like, okay, Bad Decisions, that's a new one. And I got to it and it started playing. I was like, oh, here it is. This is it. And uh, I'm going to just stop right here. It, It was it. And then I was like, it sounds like New Order. And then other people were saying... Oh, they had to give Billy Idol uh, songwriting credits because it's Dancing With Myself. Oh, shit, really? Dancing with myself, I'm making bad oh, decisions. Fuck. fuck. Yep. Yeah, they, in, in this day and age where uh, a post-blurred the lines. Modern lo- <laughs> the post-blurred lines, stop. modern age, where stop, you can man. get sued for oh, just man. basically suspiciously aping breathing wrong yeah breathing wrong on a song you 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 breathed in tune of a portugal the man song or something (laughs) they used a g chord and i used yeah right i'm suing pretty much or yeah like yellow card was suing juice world anyway dude um, ryan key is a dickhead though yeah well fuck that guy point being the strokes covered their bases and we're like okay yeah so it sounds like billy idol we're just gonna go ahead and come out and say it but yeah bad decisions is one of my songs of the year for sure damn ditto it's Man, what a what an absolute home run yeah. to follow up with. What'd you think of the video? Great. It was like very throwbackish. I was just like, man. That's yeah. that's the strokes Kellen and I know. That's the Mr. That's Show was, strokes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the straight up It reminds me of the seventies type shit. Yeah, it looked like out of the late seventies, early eighties. Or like your the, your own personal Hitler sketch. <laughs> 
where it's like, get your own strokes. And they're like dolling them up and painting their nails and like dancing in the living room with them. Yeah, because, the, yeah, the Strokes are huge Mr. Show fans, which I'm a total disciple of Mr. Show. So for them to do such a beautiful, uh, serious uh, animated video with At The Door and then just do a, a slapdash, like almost like Tim and Eric, Eric Andre sketch uh, for bad decisions. I was like, here, there it is. Yeah. I was like, dang, these guys can do everything. Yeah. That's what it felt like. I was like, fuck. Oh, for sure. So hilarious and such a great song. And yeah, it's my favorite song on the album. What do you think? Uh, of the video, yeah, it's perfect. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly that's on point as far as like what I, you know, when you picture someone in your head or picture people in your head, that's exactly what I think of when I think of the Strokes. It's like that very late seventies grainy type type of look. Yeah, right. Um, I yeah, I really loved it because I felt like it fit uh, it fit the early Strokes vibes. But as far as music videos go, I have a weird taste with them because I really love performance based music videos ever since. Uh, the the video for last night like that's been my thing so if a band does a video where they're actually performing the song in it i'm like i'm really into it that's 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 an automatic win for me you've won me if that's your music video but 2009 gave kellen two of his favorite videos uh 1901 by phoenix and see within a sea by the horrors yeah see within a sea by the horrors it's called know your friend one of my (laughs) it's one of my favorite videos of all time it has actually i think it is my favorite video of all time I remember where I was. Yep. It was also at like one or two in the morning. (laughs) One or two in the morning at my first rent house when we graduated college. Uh, Wasted. Got on, uh, (laughs) logged onto my Hotmail account. And uh, there was an email from the horrors. And I opened it up and it was the video for Sea Within a Sea. Oh, shit. And I just sat there just absolutely mesmerized. It was cool. Good stuff. Horrors. Band you probably wouldn't listen to if it weren't for the strokes. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Probably a fair point. The trickle down. Props where props need to be given. Real. Yeah. So yeah, at the door, bad decisions. Those are the two singles they did. What Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus. Yeah, they did some audio. No releases. video. Yeah. But they did that before, and then that came. I was like, okay, cool. So there's stroke songs on this album. I'm assuming Great. they're pressing seven inches. <laughs> That's what I was these. gonna say. Yeah, I don't What'd know. You say? Sorry. I'm assuming they're pressing seven inches for May these. May not, oh. since they're on cold. Know. You know, they probably just did a mass pressing of the yeah, album and just left it right. at that. We shall see. Only time will tell. Yeah. Uh, Well, if you guys want to, we can get into the the track by track. You want to take a quick break? Yeah, Uh, sure. We'll take a break, guys, and we'll be right back. Okay, so now we're going to get into the actual album itself. Um, Probably play like a little bit, like 10, 15 seconds of each song, just as like a reference, and then we can just talk about, you know, our thoughts or what we thought about that particular song. Uh, The first song of the album, The Adults Are Talking. Indeed. Scrap there a little bit. What are you guys thinking on that one? I mentioned bad decisions. I mentioned that bad decisions was my number one. The adults are talking is my number two favorite song on this album. Straight up. Uh, as far as intros go, they just lock into gear, and I think maybe. Is that a drum machine, Kel? It sounds yes. like one. Yes, it is. Because my, as I mentioned earlier, hard to explain is probably my favorite Strokes song. So hearing a Strokes drum machine and them just like locking in and just that, 
It's been stuck in my head since Friday. Yeah. Damn. Since the Friday that album came out. I can't get it out. And I don't really want to get it out. <laughs> Have no desire to. No. It's so, I, I love that song. I think it's such a good intro. It's a great lead off track. Um, just for the fact that it does like kind of aching a little bit of like old school Julian when he gets like kind of drunk and mumbly on songs, which is great because I haven't felt that in a while. But I will say, at the same time, and I told Bo this earlier. I'm ready. That, The Adults Are Talking, great song. Probably the weakest album opener for any Strokes record. Wow. Period. It goes harder than Is This It. <laughs> yeah, but Is This It is iconic. I know. But I guess it has had 20 years to mature. <laughs> and not like... In 20 years, we might be talking I, about this one. But, I mean... And I'm biased because it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just great song. I just think comparing it to the other records, I think it's the weakest track one. And for for that matter, I think uh, track one and track two off of this record are the weakest one-two combo of any Strokes record ever. Damn, tough tough crowd over here. I was here. gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what we got next? Selfless. I loved how melancholy this was from like the beginning. I was a I was a big fan of that. Yeah. So I'm a big sequencing nerd, and it's definitely odd to put a melancholy track in the second so- track of any album. Um, it's a total statement to do so. That falsetto, though. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty song for sure, but it's just. It does make sense coming after the adults are talking, which admittedly I love because to me that like does everything you need out of it. Right. And then, especially since the next two songs we already knew and heard and knew were bangers. So yeah, it's, it's one of those songs where it's like, I'll allow it, but I haven't quite fell in love with it. The yeah. tone, tone on that uh, solo right there, too. I was just like, dang, that is fucking it's tasty. A nice tone, it's yeah. a rich song. It, it, it sounds very nice. And um, I mentioned to Kellen that it is kind of foreshadowing for the back half of the album. because Which is very more chill. If they would have just done rip after rip for the, first, for the A side of the album, then, yeah, it would have, then the B side would have come as a big shock. And I really like, uh, I appreciate when Julian kind of sings in that range, when he doesn't use, like, the full breadth of his voice. Again, you more know, when subdued. he gets yeah, subdued and mumbly, it's like that's the Julian that uh, I like a lot. Because, you know, it's like when he went sober and, like, stopped smoking cigarettes and shit like that, it's like his vocal range just got wild. And you could tell that he was, like, still, like, experimenting with it over the last, you know, decade. Or Defin- so. Definitely on Come Down Machine. Yeah, and so like uh, Julian was just kind of flexing his muscles with stuff like that, but then returning to singing songs like this uh, to me was very uh, pleasurable. Right. Yeah. We failed to mention that at the end of the adults are talking, it kind of introduces a little subtle theme on this album, where the song fades out. And oh you yeah. Hear him dicking around in the studio, and the first thing it made me think of is a spoon record. Uh, yeah. when it kind of, it, it has that lived in studio feel, but it also is kind of like a seamless transition into selfless 
where uh, adults are talking fades out and then they're talking and they're like a oh, one two three yeah like it's very much like may the everglow type of one song leads into the next type it's, of thing uh i th- i think you you uh hit it on the head bow with a very lived in studio experience mm-hmm. yeah that may be the first time that that band has had the privilege to do that yes um you know and and kind of have that recording experience and so i'm sure they kind of wanted to capture that moment so i think that's cool yeah right. and i know it seems minor but it just it does give it that idea of just like oh yeah this band is just that good you know they just like crank out these songs and it does it makes it feel like even though it was obviously tracked like any album is ever usually uh it does give it that feeling of like oh no you're listening to the strokes they're a band yeah we're doing this and there's there's other moments that i'll point out in this album especially on the last track yeah when they get to get up i like that that take on it for sure it's like they just came together and like oh we just made the song out of nothing right right and, and that's that effortless <laughs> cool that kellen was talking about earlier right. the strokes too and it i just thought that was a great way to uh show both sides uh, show a few different sides of them all in the first track humanizing right. gods yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah. uh next up we got brooklyn bridge to chorus clever This is the one that I said was like eleventh um, dimension off of phrases for the young. <laughs> yeah, this this song is right at home in uh, in kind of Julian's solo wheelhouse, which almost makes you think that he may have been sitting on this Good idea lyric. for a while. Oh yeah, you know, I could see this being an older song that yeah. they've been sitting yeah, around on. Yeah, that's true. It's like a timeless Strokes right. song. Very much so, um, especially right here. <laughs> That oh shit sorry yeah, no, no, skip no, no, right no. when he no, said no, that no 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 <laughs> no that I mean it's just it does feel like a classic stroke song but it, it and you know for all we know this song could have been written in 2006 2007 and Julian's just been sitting on it I hadn't thought about that False. he sat on it break <laughs> yeah yeah that part I was like dang that's cool one of the one of the best things the strokes do is the complete stop and then start again in a song yeah it's just like they all Masters. oh yeah that's their bread and butter it, it really Dude, is hard to explain and the best one ever yeah oh yeah absolutely ever but, and uh don't they do it in automatic stop or is that yeah. just the name i, was, I thought they did <laughs> i thought they did too. i mean they do it on most of their song uh, on a lot of them but this yeah. gave me this reminded me of like the word play the brooklyn bridge the chorus it yeah like electric electricity scape yeah electricity scape oh man yeah oh, i was dude. gonna reference the that word play in conversation that. earlier today yeah, yeah. Electricity Scape. That's like my favorite song on First Impressions. Didn't uh, Julian cover that when we saw them? He did Eyes of the World. Eyes of the World. Uh, that's right. Um, what do we got next? Uh, Bad Decisions. Crank it. Shit, I skipped ahead. It doesn't matter. Now, I know the majority of people listening to this uh, podcast have good taste in music, as they should. Um, you're all awesome. Because they if, all listen to your welcome. Right. <laughs> of, that's the audience. Is the Every Venn Friday diagram. The center of the Venn diagram is tunes, tunes, and your welcome. Here, here's, my one, here's my one thing. If you love this song, if you really love Bad Decisions, if this is your favorite song on the record, yeah. I want you to do me a personal favor, and we can talk about it later. <laughs> go, to your, go to the record store, right? Or, you know what? Just open Spotify, right? Open Spotify go. on your desktop. Go to the search bar. Type in the words "new order." <laughs> okay, you're gonna find a record there. Okay, 
called Power, Corruption, and Lies. It's got flowers on the album yeah, cover. beautiful cover. Iconic. You're going to click that album. You're going to let it play from front to back. Oof. And then when it ends, you know what you're going to do? You're going to start it right over again. <laughs> okay? If this is your favorite track on the record and you have never listened to New Order, Power, Corruption, and Lies, you now have a responsibility to listen to that record. That's so funny. That's... <laughs> That's literally what happened to me like when I listened to Interpol and you know the, uh, the internet was like you like Interpol wait till you hear Joy Division <laughs> and then I like well let me check out Joy Division and it was pretty much like oh cool one of my favorite bands ever which obviously Joy Division became New Order but man ah uh, man we're about to open a whole can of worms on that too dude <laughs> I I've, I've thought on that for a while shit yeah that's a good one and yeah I think you could just leave bad decisions into that but that one and even in the single that they released you know cuz Obviously, I just listened to it over and over and over. Right. It has that little bit at the end where it's kind of that lived in studio thing again. Yeah. Where um, I was reading their Reddit AMA and somebody was like, hey, you have that little demo of a song at the end of Bad Decisions. Is that going to be a song we're going to hear? And they're like, no, that's not a demo. That's just us like goofing around in the studio. <laughs> and we left it on the well, track. That just shows. I was like, that that's what I thought. How much people read into everything that they do God, too, though. It's, that's a good point. That is a good point. Because like, that's like goes from fandom to fanatic for I mean, sure. As people are wont to do with, I mean, really rock icons, they they pour over everything, you know. Well, especially like, for, oh, there's some deeper meaning here, dude. And no he's stone like, dude, is no, left unturned. Not. <laughs> well, well, for a band like the Strokes that hate giving interviews and have always hated giving interviews, you you don't get much out of an interview with the Strokes. Uh, other than some great Julian sound bites, usually. Yeah. But <laughs> yep. aside from that, it's like. Uh, like a lot of artists will do this, Frank Ocean obviously being my number one, where it's just you, you only have the art to engage with. So it's like you have the albums and that's all you can do is just read into every crevice of the music and that's, you know, that's how you project right. a godly status onto them. You that's know, you David Bowie would be a good one too. You say Julian has like a lot of good quotables, which oh, yeah. is true, but the, the most underrated stroke, I think, in interview format is definitely Nick Valenci, the oh, guitar player. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that dude is so fucking smart. Uh, and CRX, his like side project, or I guess it's his main project now, um, they're really good. So. Huh. I always love seeing. I've, I've, I never got to see them live, but I watched them play like Jules Holland and stuff. Oh. And he fucking plays down at his knees, and yes, I'm like, "How the fuck are you playing it?" <laughs> and like I, when I was first starting to play guitar, like in high school and stuff, I'm like, I have the guitar where Albert Albert Hammond has the guitar. Me too. Because that's, that's where exactly I, what I did. Because I'm a horrible guitar player. Yep. But he's just like loosey goosey as you like. I'm like fucking a, tighten that's, that shit up. You know why? It's because he grew up on. Uh, like Guns N' Roses. Oh, right. And so, you know, Slash. That's how Slash played that is his true. guitar. You think of your influences mm -hmm. and their influences. Oh, dude. they're Yeah, they're heavily influenced by Guns yeah. N' Roses. But you want to talk about hiked up instruments. Let's talk about Nikolai and his bass. Yeah. <laughs> that thing is like right under <laughs> his chin. That's about where I would play. To the point that it's iconic. Like, I can't really <laughs> think about the strokes without Nikolai just playing that bass like right up so Like, if he, all, if he was all Which of a sudden playing low, you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I don't know. Is that how you're supposed to play the bass? Maybe? I don't know. That is so from, upright. I would say, I would say with 99% certainty, he wears it that high because when he records, he sits down to record so the bass mm. is right oh, here, shit. sitting on his knee. 
Yeah, standing so up and playing is a whole different beast than sitting right. down and playing. So that's why he has his base so high up. It's a comfort thing. Yep. Dropping facts. All right, where are we at? Uh, and Eternal if you look at a lot of pictures summer. of him, oh, sorry, sorry go ahead. <laughs> if you look at a lot of pictures of him when he is playing bass, um, just kind of in candid settings, he is sitting down. So. Oh, shit. I would rather <laughs> sit down, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you freeze on this frame right here, you can... No, I'm just kidding. Dude, don't get me started. Turn the uh, page. Wash your hands. What we got? Um, Eternal Summer. The note that I made on this was like big beach house vibes All right. to me. I uh, mean, the name Wild, <laughs> off of the Bloom the Bloom album. I'm gonna wait Ooh, until the off end. Beach houses Bloom. Yeah, interesting. That's my favorite beach house record. Really, mine too. Yep. I just I don't know what the f when it first got into it, I was just like, oh shit, this reminds me of that specific song. Inter yeah, that is one. Yeah, that I I often forget about Wild. I just think about Myth and Lazuli as far as the A side goes, but. Um, you guys feeling so, on this one? Oh, well, with Eternal Summer, I was thinking about this today. Um, when I hear it, <laughs> the vocals there are so Dude, yes. crunchy. I don't know. I just, it's just like different. I love it when Julian growls, when he gets like screamy and growly. This, so song, this song would 100% fit right on the 2017 masterpiece Tiamo by Phoenix. Oh. This is <laughs> That's your shit, huh? Yeah, this is absolutely a Tiamo song. <laughs> you went, I went, oh my God. I went, went Beach yeah. House, you went Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, that Phoenix clicks so well in my favorites. head right now. Yeah. Holy this crap. is a Tiamo song for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've seen... Uh, Shout out to Phoenix. Dude, just, just swap the lyrics for French. Yeah. <laughs> and you're good. I've seen, Google Translate yeah. to French. Uh-huh. And you got yourself a Phoenix song. <laughs> I think I've seen Phoenix three <laughs> times in the last four years. And yeah. yeah, I just I'm very locked in with that band, and I know you fucks with them heavy, heavy, he the heaviest he I would say. Yeah, the heaviest for sure, especially in <laughs> Oklahoma City. That's right. For sure. In fact, his biggest competition is his wife. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I um, <laughs> married. So Eternal Summer <laughs> is my wife. <laughs> my third favorite song on this album. It closes out the A side, and it's the longest song on. The album, and if you know anything about me, your boy loves some long songs. Isn't the M83, you call those you long bombs? Oh, yeah, long bombs. And <laughs> so, Eternal Summer, I love how it's because it, it reminds me of a, the adults are talking where it just it finds a groove and it rides that sucker out till it's over. Yeah, it's great. And um, that's what I'm looking for for a Strokes album this summer. Yep, exactly. For long sure. long bombs, very, very hard, much hard vibes. Tickle, tickle our fancy. And <laughs> uh, just, you know, to attest to that, not only did we play a 17-minute song on the radio, but we also played, uh, what was it, like a 40-minute song? Oh, on our chorus? It was a lost episode, though. Yeah, Nobody's ever that's how it. you know you've been doing radio too fucking long. You have a lost episode you've never aired before. <laughs> yeah, we sit, we're, we've been sitting on a lost episode for eight years. Jesus, roll that shit out. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. absolutely, no, absolutely not. not. <laughs> no, just... Just send it to me later. That's in our time intense. capsule. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what we got next? At the door. Yep. Kicking off the B side. Knew that freaking synth though. Mm-hmm. Very much. Uh, me, me, me. What am I thinking? Atari. Yeah. It's very like eight bit. Yeah. Almost chip tunes. I was going to say, I don't want to piss any chiptune people off, but yeah, I kind of does sound If the worst thing you could say is that a stroke song sounds like it, it's really not a yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> negative. Yeah, I mean, pretty big compliment, right? What'd y'all think on this one? Um, Again, this song was helped a lot by the, uh, by the visual representation. Um, I feel like 
visually it told the story so well to the point to now where oh, I yeah. hear the song, I associate it with that, and I like it a lot better versus me just hearing it, you know, bare. Like the first time you and I talked about it, and I was like, I'm not gonna lie, this kind of sucks. I know that was so <laughs> crazy. That was that was that was literally was like the last wow. thing that I expected you to say. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, really? Because I know those are your guys. So I was just yeah. like, oh, shit. Look, man, here's the deal. The strokes are like this. I, I am very used to getting exactly what I want with every song with the strokes. I know what I'm getting into with every record, right? Usually with the strokes, you don't have to work to appreciate a record that they put out. I like this record. But I like it in a different way than what I like. Is this it? Room on Fire. First Impressions of Earth. Um angles come down machine future present past so it's like all of those have uh it's just how much time have you spent with angles be inst- honest instant candy <laughs> the ang- what was um <laughs> i can't even remember the song off of angles that i was like oh this is pretty good undercover of darkness oh that's what it was yeah, yeah. undercover I mean, of darkness is great the most underappreciated song on the record is obviously track one machu picchu is the <laughs> shit that's what i was gonna say <laughs> oh my <laughs> Fucking God, well, I think it's about so good. How you're saying, like, your impression when are you first hearing it? And then I think about how you felt maybe, you know, the first Strokes record you listened to, that was your shit, you know. The next record that came out after that one, I wonder what your headspace was when you're listening to that because it's new, you know, versus how this is hitting us where it is like it's new now. It doesn't have like that gravitas of like a is this it or like room on fire yet right it's new it's so fresh and with room on fire i mean room on fire was so fresh when it came out to the point to where you know you expected something a little different and we got that kind of with 1251 but everything else kind of felt like is this it part two except angrier yeah angrier grittier they were very more uh self-assured but it's still just fucking slapped, dude. You didn't have to work. It was just instant gratification. Every song was just fucking super sweet, right? Satisfaction. Oh, my God. God. Harold, you beat me to it, man. <laughs> I was over here. I was like, nobody's going to get this angles deep I've been fucking pun. making the puns the whole time. Jesus. Like a piece of shit asshole. Well, yeah, but they were all like, you know, album names and, you know, a few. But gratisfaction, I didn't. Props, Harold. <laughs> That's why you're the host of this show. God damn it. People aren't used to working. Hey, like this for real, strokes. Real for quick on at the door you. though, and it was funny when you were going through the song. You scrubbed past like the two times in the song and oh, hit when he goes. Sorry, you hit me like a chord with my terrible singing voice. But no, no, exactly. when Julian does it and, it, and it just makes that ding, that like bell, right when it happens. Like to me, that's a transcendent moment on that song. Yeah, which I think is uh, maybe even on the whole album, and I feel like. That song was probably labored over a lot oh, in the yeah. studio. And Sorry, like, I blew it, Bo. As, it's, it's fine. Especially, it's uh, fine. We'll, we'll get it on your welcome. And especially the fact that they came out with it first, that to me tells me that them as a band, are they're super proud of that song. Very super proud. And again, people aren't used to having to peel back the layers to get to... No. Like, the like the the win for the strokes right it's right. like when you pick up a strokes record you know what you're gonna get and you're like fuck yeah you're like rocks. slapperonis cover to cover right right dude just fucking certified bangers yeah from it's not to supposed back. to be a voids album correct <laughs> the fuck <laughs> god damn this is we're actually having a conversation right now in our minds but you can't tell oh boy next thing I gotta ask is 
Why are Sundays so depressing? Oh, geez. I actually like the song a lot. That's funny. I'm the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) The note, a couple notes I had on this was, um, it's very like, um, like garage rock chords right here. Like the, yep. That's why I like it. Bang. Yep. Very garage rocky. It kind of reminds me of something of what the more like angular British bands of the mid aughts would kind of aspire to write. It's just, hmm. it, it feels. You talking like Kaiser Chiefs type shit or what? Mm, not so much Kaiser Chiefs, but like Pull Tiger Tail, um, Future Heads, Maccabees. Uh, the back I would and say forth Franz on the gu- Ferdinand. Sorry. The yeah. back and forth on the guitars there got fucked me up in the song though. Really? Like, that's nice. <laughs> the f- where it like mutes in one ear and goes to the other. I'm like, that's the fucking rule. It's kinda like what you're saying about like the production, the painstaking production that probably went into it, like yeah. making choices like that. Like it's very like conscious choices that they're making on stuff like that. So And then that wop wop in the chorus, I was like, What the fuck? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I was that shook yeah. me. I was like, dang. <laughs> I mean, so, you, so you weren't a fan of this one? Both? No, it's like I don't. It's not like I dislike it, but um, because it fits the vibe of the B side, it's just that like I look at you know, I look at albums in record sides, and so for me the B side is it's at the door, this, and then the, the last two songs, and I love the other three, and I like this the least. That's just pretty much how it goes. Yeah. It's not like a, a matter of disliking it. No, it's like, yeah. I like it less. It's just, you know, yeah, it's like I know I was coming on here to talk about it, and I was like, well, you know, there's got to be a song I don't like as much as the rest, and that's it. And then there's the really stupid per- part of me that's like, first off, there shouldn't be a, an apostrophe in Sundays on the title, and they admitted it in the Reddit AMA. That's a typo. Oh, no, <laughs> they great. did. And so, yeah, they 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 put an accidental apostrophe in it. Sunday oh, is. no. Why are Sunday is so Why depressing? Is. And, uh, you know, there's no question mark for whatever reason. I think it's just kind of a whack title to begin with. I, and, in um, my notes, I put apostrophe in the, just because I was like, <laughs> well, that's how I mean, it was written. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're just copying the song title. Yeah, so it's like the strokes are proliferating bad grammar, so shame on them for that. Using bad. Grammar. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> and so, I mean, nice, it. it nice. I like it in the sense. I mean, to me, it's kind of it's funny that it's the second track on the B side, and the other song I have difficulties with is the second track on the A side. So it's like the side start. It's selfless in this song that I'm still. I I either need to spend more time with, or they're just they're gonna just be songs I just coast. Yeah. Well, coast past. It's just not the same anymore. Yeah. Huh? Oh, this song. Now this song. <laughs> this song I fucks with. Go on. <laughs> uh, the That chord progression reminded me of like self-titled Rooney chord progression type shit. Oh, boy. <sighs> don't, Just get, like, don't get this guy started on Rooney. It was like... Um, don't tempt me. <laughs> blue side. It was like blue side. Yeah. yeah. It's reminiscent of that chord progression. Dude. So... Now's probably a good time to mention that the Strokes did their own listening party for this album. It's a it's like an hour long video online. They started having these like Zoom meetings, which with oh, yeah. was just fucking hilarious. It was like the five guys talking about yeah, nothing. five guys talking about things yeah. they don't they know nothing yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and when this song played, Julian and I I had already had a moment with this um, with this song the weekend it came out. Uh, just listened to the album with a couple friends, and I've really connected with this song. 
And I was watching the video, and after it came on, Julian's like, I think that may be low-key my favorite song on the album. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. And Kellen knows this about me, but you may not, Harold, but I am addicted to penultimate songs on records. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah, this is that one. That's This is that one. And yeah. one of the things I like about penultimate, penultimate songs is when they trick you into thinking it's the last song. Is that when you're just... listening to it, and if you're, li you know, you've been listening to the album, it gets to the penultimate, and as it's playing, you're like, oh, they're going out on this one. It's Heck like grandiose. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, they're fading out. And I get that vibe so heavy on this song. And then it just makes the last song all the sweeter because you don't think it's coming. And then the last song comes and it's just like a bonus. It's like all expectations are off and you're just transcended and floating above the album. And the last song gets to hit you with the purity it was always intended to be heard with. All thanks to the great penultimate track. Thank now, you. some you of you much. listening might not know what penultimate track means. Oh, yeah. And that's okay. I guess I should have said that. That's totally okay. No, 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 it's fine. That's why I'm here. <laughs> now, the penultimate <laughs> track is the second to last song on the record. It's a fancy word for is. a very simple concept. <laughs> and it really again, is. Remember, everyone, we do an all vinyl radio show, and we understand that sequencing yep. is important. So, the next time you're listening to a record, take a second look at that penultimate track. Maybe it has something else to say. Yeah. Just for the record, my favorite penultimate of all time is Biscuit by Portishead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, that's like that's like the if you want to understand what a penultimate track does, listen to Dummy by Portishead. Go to your search bar right after you're done listening to New Order three times and go to Portishead's Dummy. And you'll know what I'm talking about. Throw that fucker on. Oh. Fucking Abo. Yeah. So, yes, that song for Strokes, I love it. Um, I think it sets up the last one, Ode to Mets, so yeah. well. Ode to Mets. And, yeah, let's fire it in there. I think this was one they played at their New Year's Eve gig in Brooklyn. This was, like, one of the new songs they premiered. And I was like, they have a song called Ode to the Mets. This almost felt like a ballad to me. This I don't song's know why. great. <laughs> This yeah, song this song is, is super good. Really great. And it is, well, I mean, in, isn't Julian like a big New York Mets fan? I think so. Yeah, he grew up with them, That's I think right. is the, the, the deal. Um, yeah, some of the questions. I think on the Reddit AMA, it was like, uh, are the Mets the most depressing New York team? And Julian's like, no, that's the Knicks. Yeah, uh, amen. And, yeah, that's the and, New York Knickerbockers. And he was like, and the Jets with a close second. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hashtag Jets go. Dude, J-E-T-S, sexy Rexy. <laughs> Dang, I keep wanting to scrub, but I just never really like the song, so I'm like, I oh, don't want to so skip good. any of it. It's great, right? <laughs> well, it's just because it, it's one of those, it's a slow burn building song, which I don't think the Strokes have very many of. Nope. They if don't. any. Well, that's why I was saying it felt more like ballady. Yeah. Me. I mean, but ask like they, me anything. But no, but it doesn't like build to like a climax like yeah, this that's one true. does. It's just kind of like, it's like thing. this one, like it starts out mellow. And that's the cool thing is that it feels like the whole B side has been so chill up until this point. That it's just like building to that one like climactic moment at the end of this, like the way his voice kicks up. Oh yeah. God! I've, one Kill thing me. that I've always been a fan of that I love to hear on this song is when the vocal line follows the lead line, like the lead guitar and the vocal are like at the same line, like the yeah. same melody. I love that shit. So when I heard that on this song, I was like, "Give me fucking mainline yeah, that main shit. Line Inject it." into and my soul i hinted at it earlier we were talking about the lived in studio feel if you listen closely before the drums kick in on this song uh julian's singing the lyrics and then he goes drums please fab 
Uh, <laughs> and then the drums. Fabrizio. <laughs> and it's like, I think they just left it in, but it's like him giving Fab the <laughs> Fab so Moretti yeah. the drum cue. A fucking most Italian name, probably. Oh, dude. dude Fab's hilarious. Yeah, he is, he is probably the funniest. There's a reason he got to date stroke. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Jesus. Dude, for sure. Fab is funny. Dude, so God. Man, that was the that was the final track, man. <laughs> there what, it is. What's your uh, what's you guys take on Real the Real quick, I just thought it was oh, no, super ahead, funny ahead. that uh, on, when they did the if you watch the Strokes thing, the preview of them listening to the album, they were like, so for this last one, they they just threw the album cover up for every song, but for the last one, they're like, can we get a video of the Mets losing? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fucking trolls. <laughs> These guys yeah. are clowns. Oh, yeah, dude. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then they're joking of like, it would be really cool if the Mets would start playing this song, Ode to Mets, uh, every time they lose. <laughs> they're like, you know, you know how at sporting events, like if the team wins, they play like a really yeah. like triumphant song. It's like every time they lost, feeling. they just play the Gloria Ode to Blues. blues. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> but yeah, apparently, like, Julie, that was the working title of the song. And Julian's like, I just always thought we'd change it. <laughs> and the, the rest of the band's like, no, we thought it was it, awesome. The placeholder <laughs> name became the final name. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> and then, not to mention the last track on the album. It's just such a funny. I mean, because, like, mm-hmm. the last couple albums have had really, like, profound uh, last track titles. Like, um, uh, leave it in the moonlight or something or call it fate call it karma i think were mm-hmm. the last call it fate call it karma yeah yeah like good name so then just to have like ode to mets <laughs> right <laughs> not even the well, and yeah. then having having uh like their first two records have such iconic ending songs with you know like i can't win and what was the one off his this it i forget. uh take it or leave it the uh yeah take it or leave it yeah, yeah take, take it, it. We'll leave it yeah the oh i, I meant to mention that, that earlier you were talking about watching old performances the Strokes doing Take It or Leave It on Letterman is one of the greatest Letterman performances oh, of shit. all I'm have to time. Check that out. All time. All like, time. Julian trips over a monitor and just falls oh, flat on no. his face. They're like trying so hard to be like as cool as possible. And for the most part, crushing it. But yeah, anyway. Just, Fuck. just so that's hilarious. And it and it's just one of those performances that came just right at the pinnacle of their like hype. Anyway. I wonder if that great, was before stuff. or after. More good homework. Yeah. New Order, Portishead. Take it or leave a video on Letterman. <laughs> yeah, dude, if you can even find it, man. Some of those late night performances are getting harder to find. Like, oh, you can't it's find true. Neon Indians first one on Jimmy Fallon. It's yeah, like you just can't find that's, it. That's so yeah, depressing. that's NBC though. NBC's yeah. much bigger hard asses about that stuff. And uh, yeah, so Letterman ones are a little easier to find usually. Right. Usually. Usually. But overall, as um, a album as a whole, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, well, just from a percentage standpoint, I guess since I wasn't, I'm not really feeling selfless or uh, why are Sundays so depressing. So I think if you take two out of nine out, I think that comes out to about a 78%. <laughs> so I was going to put it at about C is good degrees. 70. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, look at me. Um, <laughs> Living proof. Yeah, and D's. Uh, D is for diploma. Um <laughs> If I were to give this, I mean, shit, probably between a 70 and a 75. I was living in the 70 to 80 if I was feeling generous, Lane. And again, it's because this isn't your, your, this isn't your mom and dad strokes record, right? No. (laughs) Like, this is one where you have to kind of work. You have to be able to, you know, sit down and appreciate, like, the subtle, like, 
uh, eccentric details that Bo was pointing out. You know, right. it's like you have to appreciate that stuff production. Like that. Shit. Yeah, you have to you have to be able to commit to listening to it. Uh, you know, more than two times to yeah. to really get uh, what they're trying to do. It's just like you know, Phoenix's last two records. You have to sit with those records for a long time to realize that they might actually be better than Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. Well, um, everyone <laughs> just shut the fuck up. But they, right. they are built to last, is what Kellen's trying to say. Exactly. Their record's built to last. Yeah. They're not just for a quick fix to get you through the weekend. They're going to have to last you for a while. Long burns. The yeah. new abnormal will stand the test of time. It's just you have to come at it like it's not a Strokes record. Hmm. As a as music fans, I know you guys are huge, just music files for yeah. sure. Monstrous. Um, would you have been happier if this had been just like a repeat of Room on Fire? Yes. Or do you like yes. this like a new take? No. Um, <laughs> I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Room on Fire part two. It's Dude. just, I mean, part of it though is that you know you can never go back to that fiery youth that you had when you made those records so it's just like to me it's like even if they did it it would feel contrived and it would feel forced feel like try which hard. people gave them shit on for with angles well it would be that because that's like, what they tried to they, do with angles if they had done that because everybody says now with with the new shit they're like why the fuck didn't they just do what they, what they did with like is this it or room on fire if they had done that shit, they'd be like, oh, they just did the same shit they did with Room on Fire. Which is it. what they did with Angles. Angles is considered the worst stroke that song. That is true. And that is the album that they came back after a like five-year absence, after First Impressions. And it's them like, we're going to write stroke songs again. But they hated it or just, didn't want to work together. And um, yeah, nobody I get ate it up. confused, though, because like people wish so bad. Like People that I know that like the strokes are like... If they could just do another Room on Fire. And then when they try to do that, they shit on it. I'm you like, know what's they funny. fucking gave you what you wanted, dude. It's funny you bring that up because Nick Balenci said in an interview, um, he was like, you know, it was kind of bullshit because we had Is This It. We come out with Room on Fire and people shit on us because it sounds like Is This It. <laughs> but then we come out with First Impressions of Earth and people shit on us because it doesn't sound like Is This It. And well, it's what like, the fuck? And he said, he, he was like, yeah, we got fucked twice. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. And that, but now you can't imagine all three of those albums not being separately lauded for what they did. Exactly. You know? But, like, at the time, I could see how that would be so fucking oh, frustrating. Oh, dude. First Impressions of Earth got ripped to dude, shreds fucks, when we were dude. in college. Right? Yes. No, yes, in hindsight, did. I mean, you go back to First Impressions of Earth, you're like, fuck, this is a great record. The first, great record, first song it's I heard a little long. I didn't, it's a little I, long. I hadn't listened to that record when I was <laughs> listening, uh, getting into them and stuff. When I first heard that album, the first song I heard was "You Only Live Once," mm. and I was just like, "Man, this is awesome! This has like gone on to kind of define what I think <laughs> of when I think of the Strokes. I think of that kind of um, formula, I guess you could say, yeah. for like a song where it's like each part's doing its own thing, type of thing, but coming together like it's it's more of a sum of, the, of its parts type of thing. That's I, what I think of with like classic Strokes, as I, I think agree. of that song all the time. Um, you may not know this about me. Uh, and Bo knows this very well. I often judge. Bo knows. I judge records by their first track, oh, side yeah. one, track one. He's a penultimate guy. You're a oh, first, he, first he song is, he guy. He's a track one, side a kind of guy. We, yeah. But that way, you have the whole album covered. Exactly, exactly. And we kind of like come together in the middle about that. So Bo's got penultimate. I've got uh, side a, track one. That's my thing. And man, when I heard first impressions of Earth, you only live once. Holy shit. Like it fucking rips, dude! It was what, like, what a great, 
great, great song to come with, like right after Room on Fire, where it's like, how are you going to top this? And they're like, hold my beer. Yeah, First Impressions is so good. I love everything up till Electricity Scape, and then after that, it just kind of all washes together. But it's yeah. like, if they would have made that a 10-track album, I think it would just be as equally heralded. I mean, it still kind of is equally heralded in hindsight, but yeah, they mentioned that in Meet Me in the Bathroom, how it's like they came out with Room on Fire, they worked their ass off for Room on Fire, and uh, Ryan Gentles, their uh, manager, was like, I'm of the opinion that Room on Fire is better than Is This It? And a lot of people are of that opinion, and I'm pretty sure Kellen's of that opinion. I am. And um, and yeah, and it just wasn't picked up. It was just like, that's the that's what's so hard about getting so popular off of your debut. Um, another great band to compare that to is the XX. Um, the XX came out with a yeah. flawless debut, and just nobody Nothing will give any of their it. other albums yeah. the time of day, even it, though they're pretty great. It'd be like that, dude. Their second, I mean, like their uh, the XX the second record, so fucking good. Coexist got shit on. I remember you and I listening to it in our apartment. Yep. when it came out at like two or three in the morning, Winterfell Studios. Yeah, damn, and. We we were just sitting there, just listening to it front to back. We, I don't think we said a word, and we were just like, "A great penultimate track on that one." We were just like, Man, this is <laughs> this is fucking good. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is, though? Why do you think that hmm. that happens? Oh, because um, well, because when it, there's just one album to get into with the band. And they become so popular that everybody hears that one album. You beat it to death. Yeah, you beat it to okay. death. You return. And if it is good enough, I mean, like, Is This It is totally good enough. The first XX album is totally good that you could listen to and just be like, wow, how is it that every song on this is so good? And then you get used to that quality from an album that you listen to it top to bottom. You you establish all these memories with it that nothing new will yeah, ever be able to, to impeach that. Yep. And so it just all of a sudden you just have this monolith of an album that you have all these stacked memories with all your friends that, you know, you all discovered this debut album. It's like your new favorite band. I mean, it's like a benchmark in life almost. I I think Arcade Fire and Funeral fell under the same thing, except they were able to kind of get out from under it with the suburbs. But that was it took them two two albums to do that. Yep. And And I mean, and Neon Bible is no slouch either. But um yeah, I think I think that's the main thing, is that their first album just becomes t- uh, a Weezer Blue album, another great example of an album where it's just like the band just y- when you get it right the first time, you're just only going to get it wrong. For well, it's like the, uh, the oh sorry no dude um, I mean another one I mean I, not as recent um, but their first actual like full length full length full length album um, washed out within and without. Yeah, you know, because Life of Leisure was an EP. Sure, and the uh, EP phenomenon is also interesting they even, too. Where I it's mean, like yeah. almost the debut doesn't live up to the EP's hype. Sure, I've seen that before. Yeah, that yeah. almost happened with Washed Out. Too bad that record's immortal. So. Yeah. Um, it's almost like that first album, Bo. From what you're saying, it sounds like it's just like almost becomes their identity. Right, and then you can't. I mean, it's it's like you're you're typecast in a way where it's like everything you guys do better fucking be this thing I, or I'm shitting on it. I right. will say that I appreciate bands who lean into that though. Who really lean into that. If you know your thing, idea. you know your thing. I but love that. I love when bands are just like this is what I want to do. 
Yeah. It, well, and I think a lot of, sometimes it doesn't have much to do with the debut album. It's just that here's this new band that you want to see live and they just have the one album. Cause I mean, a lot of those New York bands fell in that same umbrella. Yeah. 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 with fever to tell Interpol would turn on the bright lights, wow. like just incredible debuts that the band has never really gotten out from under. And, uh, and when they perform live today, it's like, if they don't play a whole lot of that first album, then it's probably going to be a letdown of a show. Do you think the rapture falls into that? Uh, I would, except Echoes technically isn't their first album. Right, it's right, this right, rando right, right. one called Mirrors that I haven't even heard. And uh, kind of same with uh, Chromatics, like Night Drive is like their third album. Yeah. And uh, yeah. The Walkman, everyone who pretended to like me is gone, is uh, not really well listened to, but Bows and Arrows. Is yeah, like- yeah. It's it's like you almost don't want a good first debut album. Right. Well, the sophomore album. We're working on it. Like Arctic <laughs> Monkeys. That would be a good example Ooh. of a band that whose hear- first album is actually really incredible. And then they put out a bunch of incredible albums, but their fifth one is the one that got super popular. Like, that's when you want to get famous is on your that's, fifth record. That's the shit, though. They're like, whenever an album like that pops and then people go back to your old shit and like yeah. this fucking rips oh, just yeah. as much as one that Dude, i that, like that's the dream right there it's like you have a super popular album and then people find out they're like wait there's four other ones i can check out yeah. it's so funny how yeah. incredibly rare that that is you know we talk oh, about yeah. it with um with arctic monkeys with am uh that being like their big one to break out here in the states obviously you know like in europe and you mm-hmm. know everywhere else on planet fucking earth they were just <laughs> gods and it took America forever because, of course. Um, but then, you know, you think about bands like Phoenix, where everyone's like, oh, yeah, Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. You know, it's like, that's the one. But it's like, no, dude, they have three other records yeah, that's before that. Yeah, that's record. That are just, so, I mean, it's just the bounty on those records. Is just I think of, like, um, another band like that, that the follow-up to the debut was, like, just as, I liked it as much as the debut. Yeah. At first listen was uh, Vampire Weekend. Ooh, Contra. Ooh, that Harold. That's yeah, nasty. That was one. You're and nasty. That's a but, legit. That's a but, legit one. But one that I was thinking of that I was thinking like the soft. You hear about the sophomore slump, but one that I hear that kind of subverts that. As while I was looking it up just now, I was like I was thinking like where does that album fall in the discography? But the Von Bondies, the Pawn Shop Heart, is their second album. Shit. And that album really? fucking rips. Yeah, that was like their first like major release where it's like I could go buy that CD at fucking Best Buy. Yeah, right. Um, man, what's another good second record band? I mean, the Walkman. I don't know. Obviously, that's a super interesting topic to even think of. Like, I oh, always shit. like to talk about Interpol Antics. <clears throat> yep, Antics yep. is arguably better than uh, Bright Lights, and I die for Bright Lights. You might hate me for this <laughs> one. Um, Aha Shake Heartbreak by Kings of Leon. Oh no! Yeah. Oh Versus no! Young manhood. I'd say that. Well, Youth and Young Manhood kind of moved. That's another that great example. That was very much like that was quintessential like Southern garage rock shit. Right. But Aha Shake, man, that fucking rips. But that's yeah. not even what made them. It was their fourth record. I know, but it's crazy when you go back and yeah. the progression just oh, on no, them. Uh, I can I get on a soapbox about these is so guys. Good. Yeah. The progression of sound up to Only by the Night is fucking insane. Oh, what's the what's the third one? Uh, because of the times. That one's great. Fuck good album. me up yeah. every time. Arizona. Is Snake God. Charmer the opening on that one? Uh, Charmer is on that one, I think. No, I think Charmer's not. Um, mm. I saw Kings of Leon at Bricktown Live, which oh, was like shit. a bar uh, in Bricktown when they were touring Aha Shake Heartbreak in the U.S. It was like their first tour for it. and they I mean, Bricktown Live, it was super wow. small venue. Um, but, yeah, that was a fucking cool show. Do you show. know who else was there? Who? Greta England. Really? 
she told me about that. You remember her? You used yeah. to work with her? Yeah, yeah. She told me about that. Weird. That's when I she decided. Was that that, show? That's when I decided Greta was like one of the coolest people that yeah. I knew. Fuck yeah. Um, she has like the most random best taste of music of anyone I know. Cause she, uh, I remember one time talking to her and her husband, John. He's really cool. John, I saw him at Kings of Leon here when Dawes opened, which is fucking insane. Yeah. Dawes rips. But I saw John and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck is he? Like, I didn't, that's so random to see him here. So I you text, like, okay. Well, I text Greta and I was like, your husband's at the Kings Leon show. And she was like, oh yeah, he got to go to this one. She's like, I we had to decide between um, Band of Horses last night and Kings of Leon That's uh, an tonight. easy decision. And she's yeah. like, and I, I had to go see Band of Horses. I've already seen Kings of Leon. Congratulations, Greta. But you I was passed. just like, fucking Greta. Like, randomly. That's good the, shit. The good shit. Like, Very smart. Great. Uh, and she Very told smart. me about Dawes. I'd never heard of Dawes. And she was like, these guys rule. Um, they're open for Kings of Leon, and you're going to like them. I think that show was in 2005. Because that's the when one you saw at Breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, said yeah. so. That I, was like spring summer. I remember her saying she yeah, saw them Aha early on early at the Coca Cola. She and told me that specifically. Later, Bricktown. Later that year, uh, when I had turned twenty-one, it was on Thanksgiving break. I saw Hot Hot Heat and the Red Walls oh play there. That was the first show I ever drank at, and I got a fucking drunk. I remember it when was that. So uh, fun. That was whenever getting drunk at twenty-one. What a concept. Yeah, <laughs> dude, right. <laughs> the universe. That was when MTV Two could not miss with me because i would look subterranean at dude subterranean and they played um good night good night and i was like who is yes. this band these guys rule perfect and them and uh stereogram from new zealand i was just like these guys are so randomly good like who are these guys wait is that the band who did walkie talkie man that's the very one the music video for that rules. oh my god yeah yeah it was it was like stop motion like yarn yeah, and stuff exactly. yeah it's cool it's cool uh well you guys get any closing thoughts on the strokes or this album or anything like that I we failed to mention that this was Rick Rubin produced, and so oh I, I wa- shit, it was. I wanted to leave everybody with a couple thoughts on Rick Rubin. First off, uh, this this album contains some of the longest Stroke songs, and Rick Rubin uh, famously produced uh, Metallica's comeback, Death Magnetic, which has a lot of long songs, and the Mars Volta's Deloused in the Comatorium. So I guess you can blame him for the longer tracks. And my favorite, I just read this. I was reading a 10-year anniversary piece of MGMT's Congratulations. Oh, I was hoping you were going to wow. fucking bring that up. Oh, God. Anyway, yes. uh, produced by Sonic Boom, uh, one of the members of Spaceman 3. Whoop, whoop. And Sonic Boom mentioned uh, there was an interview because Sonic Boom has a new album coming out this year that I'm so amped for. And he said that while he was at the Malibu Mansion with MGMT making Congratulations, at one point, I guess Columbia Records sent Rick Rubin over there to kind of like do his guru thing that rick rubin does and he, some uh, sage over there and burned it or so, right. but, but that's the sonic boom was already doing that for him anyway because that dude's just out there and, and that sage <laughs> was called lsd i wish i could pull the quote exactly but basically he was like um he said uh yeah one day rick rubin condescended upon us oh my <laughs> uh, god and yeah. i know he's supposed to be this guru dude but he just struck me as a record biz douche wow and harsh words he, from the young sonic boom was like i had oh, an no. instant allergic reaction to him <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's amazing oh man the the whole mystique has been debunked because i'll <laughs> debunked. Be, I'll, I'll believe anything sonic boom says no, because yeah. Sonic Boom's been around for a minute. Yeah, he helped produce the newest Beach House record, Seven. 
and uh, Panda Bear's Tomboy. And then, and I think he got those gigs because of what he did with MGMT's Congratulations, he, which is a masterpiece. Yeah, and he did tour with uh, Panda Bear for a while when he was he did. touring Yeah, uh, yeah he, he was actually with Fucking them. But yeah, Sonic Boom has a new album coming out him. later this year. And if you like spaced out psychedelia, you cannot miss it. Amen. But The Strokes is great. Love the new Abnormal. I'll be listening to it all summer with my friend Kellen. Yeah, I will also be listening to it all summer. Uh, probably, I don't know. I get into to weird vibes with summer records, uh, and I'm usually late to a lot of things. Um, like right now, I'm getting into uh, E-Spirits, 200% Electronica, and George Clanton's Slide. So that's kind of taking up uh, my headspace right now, like the vaporwave thing. But... There is plenty of room in my head for strokes, as always, and I will be uh, banging out uh, the new Abnormal for quite some time. Right on, brother. Hey, thanks for stopping by, fellas. Why don't you tell people where they can listen to your show, follow you guys on social media, all that good stuff. Hit them with the Twitter, man. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at YRWelcomeFM. That's YRWelcomeFM. And we air our show every Friday at 9 p.m. on the SPY KOC. You can go to the websites, check it out. If you're in Oklahoma City, 91.7 FM. If you're in Tulsa, it's a different dial. If you're in <laughs> Stillwater, it's a different dial. But it's all over the state of Oklahoma, but the Internet's probably your best bet or using the uh, TuneIn app for the radio. And also, Kellen and I have tried to get into live streaming us when we record the episodes because obviously when they air, it's not live. Sorry to debunk that. What? Whoops. I know. But uh, I don't know. We may do a Zoom meeting for the next one. Yeah, man. Radio's Stroke hard. Stroke it out. Radio's hard. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we're not going anywhere. We love music too much. Yeah. Can't right stop, won't stop. Well, check that album out, guys. Um, it's definitely worth a listen, especially if you're into the Strokes, uh, if you're into that whole scene. Um, I was a fan of it. Um, I'm probably a bad guy to ask because I pretty much like everything. So. Hey, that's a good way to be, Harold. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.